0: Do you want me to bring you a mic stand?
1: <laughs> Dude, this thing's been broke since we moved to Florida. Still haven't fixed it. I, I kind of get used to holding it. I mean, I'll be honest. This is probably going to be a little annoying having to hold the mic this long, but, uh, you know, it's- What it broke?
0: Is- like, I can bring you- I have a mic stand.
1: It's this little guy right here.
0: Yeah, what broke on it?
1: The actual- st- my-, my uh, what the hell you call that? My boom mic.
0: Okay. So, so, like, do you want me to bring you a stand? I have a couple of different types of stands.
1: Bring it on bring it on over, dude. All right. Because okay. you're
0: coming up to Portland, dude. I was going to say nice new nice new background. You look it looks very like uh trendy mo- modern contemporary, if you yeah. will. It's not it doesn't look like uh your other place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's not a bedroom.
0: <laughs> it's not, yeah, it looks like you actually have like a place. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It's a little harder to record with the family and everything because they got to go do something or whatever or they're downstairs sleeping, which always works out. So
0: I know I kicked my kids out today, too, because usually we record at night and it's Saturday morning because I've had the flu all week. But it was good. I got it out of the way because I'm coming up to see you
1: two days, right?
0: Uh, come up Monday morning. Yeah,
1: oh, it's gonna be so much fun. Portland's so cool, dude. Portland, Maine, by the way. Such I'm doing both. City. I'm
0: doing Portland, Maine this week with you, and then the following week I'm going out to Portland, Oregon. That's
1: right, dude. You got the run or whatever it is. I'm doing the hood to coast,
0: 200 mile relay. Oh,
1: screw that, dude. That's it's insane. uh
0: You could do it in a number of different ways, but we're doing it with a team of 12, and so it's two vans. So I'm going to run anywhere between. I think it's like 14 to 18 miles total over the course of like four legs or something like that. But, but the, the hype is that they have, they range in severity, the difficulties of each leg. And my uncle has been operating it. I did this race. I want to say like 2008, 2007 and it was awesome. And Tara has been talking about it ever since I want to get there and do it. It's really hard. It's like tough to get into. And, uh, when my uncle called me, he's like, Hey, he called me back in December. He's like, I got in. I'm like, put us in. I was like, I'll come under one condition. He's like, what's that? I'm like, you give Tara the hardest leg in the race. And he's like, no problem. Because (laughs) when I did it with him, it was like my, all my older uncles and stuff. And a a couple of years ago, they were probably in their late forties, maybe mid fifties. And then I showed up, I was training for Ironman and, uh, I didn't know anything about the race. They were like, Hey, come do a race. I'm like, I'm doing Ironman. I can do whatever I want. And uh I show up and I'm looking at, like they give us like the course maps and the descriptions. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck, man? And they're like, you're the, you're the young buck fit kid. And I'm like, all right, I see what you did there. So I was like- of returning the favor to my wife, and good, she's actually she just got back from like a ten mile run this morning. Yeah, she's, she like
1: rock. I feel like every time I see her little Strava thing, it's yeah.
0: Yeah, I ran twenty miles today. I'm like, what the <laughs> shit? I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, just hit fifty miles for the week, you know? Oh just, just I'm like, Jesus Christ! And I'm, yeah. I'm I will say my running career is is at a pinnacle too. Today is uh day fifty seven of the mile streak for me, and uh, I got all the runs done with the flu. I, I was at like day 50 on Monday when I started feeling crappy. And I was like, is this it? This, this is where I've given up. This is where I've quit. And I'm like, it, it's 10 minutes if I run. I mean, if I jog, it's 12 minutes if I just survive. So like, you know, like when you're sick and you take meds and then your fever breaks and you feel good for like a half hour and you're like, oh, I'm not sick anymore. I save that every single day for my 10 minute run and it and I got done. I got it done. So
1: you're a better man than I am, dude.
0: I heard you, you stopped again. How many times you're gonna you're gonna have to start a new mile streak? I know the amount of times you start to streak and don't finish.
1: <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably restart it more times than there's days in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just it's I hate running, and I would just like the days I go to the gym. And like I work out, and I'm like, what the hell? Now I gotta go run a freaking mile, and I just did all this workout. (laughs) I don't know. Like, running's never been something that I've ever enjoyed. So it's really it's a good challenge though. Like you know, and I'll definitely restart it because I want to. I want to. I want to complete it. I want to get that done. It's dude, it's hard. It's
0: it seems so simple on paper.
1: So hard, especially whenever you got stuff going on with like like for example, you being sick. Mm-hmm. me traveling like full days of travel you've done that too during your stint like it's tough man it's to fit that mile in it's only 10 minutes eight minutes you know 15 minutes however long it takes you it's hard to it's hard to do that every single day which is crazy because you're like you know what the hell is 15 minutes but here's here's also what me thinking i'm like okay, I got to get ready. I got to put my shoes on. I got to go run. I gotta get home and be all sweaty. I sweaty. take a shower. I got to get ready. I got to do, you know, so it's a lot more than just 10, 15 minutes, but I, uh, you know, I tried to match it up with like my workouts and no excuses. I just, I failed again.
0: I would ask me like, when are you going to start? What are you going to do your run today? And I'm like, it depends on when I want to mentally know that I'm going to be sweating for the rest of the day. Cause yes. yeah. yeah. But I will say this, bro. I slept with the windows open last night. Oh, it's the best. Mid-60s feeling. here in New York. It, it like snapped on. We've had a, a brew. I know we probably say this every summer, but we had a hot, dry summer. And none of those like weird hundred-degree heat waves, but like sustained 90s and humid all all summer. And last night I'm talking to my buddies watching the Met game and they're like, yo, do you you open the windows yet? You know, with the with the squash emoji. And I'm, cause I know like we're big open the windows kind of guys. And I'm like, "What what are you talking about? It was fucking 90 degrees today. And you go, Oh no, cold front just came through, open up the windows. And I like went outside of my porch and I was like, Oh, Oh my God. And then of course I ran upstairs and turned off the air conditioner. And Taz like, what are you doing? What are you psychopath? I'm like, no, no, watch this. And I opened up the windows and she was like, yes.
1: Oh, it's the best too. I know Portland up here right now, I think it's like right now it's like 65. And so I've had the windows open all, all morning, this morning. And just, dude, the, the, there's nothing better than like, you know, fall is approached approaching. Oh you got the crisp air coming in. You're drinking a cup of coffee. Like, Dude, there's literally nothing better than like walking into your living room. Your kids are playing. You know, you got coffee in your hand. You're looking at the wife. You're looking at the family. And you're just like, what the hell, man? Like, how's it getting? You got the fall crisp air blowing in. Like, there is no better feeling than that, dude. Flannel season is upon us for you long term or long time followers. You know, Brad and I love flannel season. I don't season.
0: Know if that, I'm not going to jump to flannel season yet.
1: We're close to it here.
0: One cold day, I mean, I'm not getting that excited, but yeah, we are. Yeah, hardcore. <sighs> but I feel like you need to go through the dog days of summer to understand that. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, that's
0: that's like, true. If we're in San Diego and it's like 65 at night every single night and 75 degrees at during the day every single day, they, they're like 65. That's it. That's every day. Like, no, no, no. You have to, you have to be sitting down in the shade, sweating through clothes to understand what flannel season really means. And all the, and all the dope things that come along with it. Oh,
1: I can't I mean, wait. Portland, I talki- go, ahead, go ahead. I was
0: talking to, uh, th- th- speaking of things that come along with it, I was talking with Chris the other day. And for those of you that don't know, he's my uh, partner at the brewery, was my partner at the brewery. I'm no longer involved, but, uh, we're still great friends and love it there. Anyway, love, I was like, go. I was like, how many, how many barrels of pumpkin beer did you make? And I remember a barrel for anybody that doesn't know is 30 gallons or so. And it's when you buy like a keg at the store, that's a half of a barrel. So two kegs of beer is one barrel to, just to give you some perspective. And it's, it's a very annoying beer to make because pumpkin like clogs up your systems. It, it just, things don't go right. It's just, it's a crappy beer to make. It's delicious. It's a crappy beer to make. And when we own the brewery, when you make it, then you got to do the pumpkin rims and all this stuff. So when we first opened the brewery, we'd make one barrel, two kegs, and we called it mandatory pumpkin. We don't want to make this beer. There's no rims. There's nothing. It's going to taste like a pumpkin beer. You're not going to need a rim because it's going to be the best pumpkin beer you ever drank. But we ha- we know we have to make it. It's mandatory. So we're just going to make it so it's on the menu, and then it'll sell out, and then we'll never have to think about it again. And that was seven years ago when I think the first two or three years we made one barrel each. And then we made like three barrels because it literally was selling out on Friday night. And we're like, uh, and we wouldn't, oh yeah. And this is the other thing. We also wouldn't sell it until October 1st, which pissed everybody off. Cause I don't know if it's like this around you with the breweries, but. Around Long Island, you have the Long Island girls that like they start coming around like, Do you guys have a pumpkin beer? And don't get it twisted. Some guys too. We'd be like, Not till October first, not till October first. And <laughs> it would sell out. So we had to make like three barrels. Anyway, long story longer. He made a hundred barrels. A hundred he's making a hundred barrels, three thousand gallons of mandatory pumpkin. It's so-called mandatory pumpkin. Wow. But I was like, dude, that's a, that's a lot of pumpkin beer. He goes, you want to know the crazy thing? I'm like, what? He goes, it's already pre-sold. I'm like, pardon? He contracted out the 100, uh, 100 barrels. Our system's only 10 barrels. So that would be, to make 100 barrels, you have to brew 10 times. We only have 10 fermenters. So you can call bigger breweries and they'll make it for you with your recipe. You come in, you work with their brewers, things like that. It's very common in in the industry. And, uh, so he, he got an order and he's like, I I can't fulfill that. So he contracted out a hundred and he's like, and then I still have to make some for the tasting rooms. And we got Warwick upstate, which is crushing, even just destroying Bayshore's tasting room as far as volume. So he's like, I'm probably going to end up doing almost like 200 barrels. So I'm like, oh my God, one beer, 200 barrels. Unreal, That's six, dude. $6 a pint, guys. You do the math, you know? Unreal. He's raking. <laughs> but that, that comes along with the pumpkin season. So I can't wait, but- and it's well, good to be, good to be back in the studio too, man. I mean, we're, we're, we're 15 minutes in, so thanks for sticking around. But we, we, we have, we told you in the first two episodes when we were together, we have a lot to talk about. And it's, I, I want to thank you, Jay, because I was sick and I could, we could have just pushed this week off and you were like, nope, we have a schedule. We got to get an episode out Monday and then I'm coming up to you. So we'll get some more and then boom, I'll be back to work and things will be, we're, 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 we're good.
1: Yeah. It's going to work out. I, I, you know, we said in the, I think it was the first episode or second one back this season, was the the community man of average money. It's just yeah. it's so cool the the people that reached out, the comments we see on our videos when we post on YouTube are like loving having the podcast back, you know. And this is this is also something we do for fun, dude. Like you know, the podcasts don't really make money you know, <laughs> at all, at all. So like, except for our Patreons, thank yes, you guys that's so true. much.
0: Our Patreons, you, you guys, you guys are literally the reason that we do record because we do have costs.
1: Yeah. I know people yeah.
0: don't realize that, but like our servers and, and to keep, we have 109 episodes. So like our server size for anybody that's a nerd, like our server size is getting bigger. And every single time we post a video, it costs us more money to keep the podcast going and the website and stuff. So we do have costs. So thank you. Yeah. I, th- this episode is sponsored by our Patreon. So yeah. okay. thank you guys for, you know, keeping us afloat, but God, sorry, for cutting you off. No,
1: it's no. good. No, it's good, dude. Like they're definitely supporting the podcast and we appreciate it big time. Um, but I mean, really, I don't remember what I, the point I was making, I think just the exciting to be back and into, and you know, being able to have these conversations because like we still have these conversations <laughs> it's just you and I that are on the phone or whatever and they're probably usually a lot shorter I feel like sometimes too because we don't have the time just to sit down and talk and get kids screaming in the phone in the <laughs> background no. I'm like sorry dude Brad I gotta go and I hang up on you I gotta yell at my no. kids or something generally
0: no <laughs> yeah. no that's not true generally we're sitting there talking for like 20-30 minutes and one of our wives comes in like are you guys dating? Like, get, <laughs> yeah. off
1: the, yeah. get off the phone Like, is, like what, is that your boyfriend? What the hell are you doing? Like, What
0: two dudes talk on the <laughs> phone for 45 minutes on FaceTime I, that's I, true. Yeah. I, I wish my phone did have like an automatic setting where like it was like oh jj it it recognized that jj buckner's calling and it like automatically records but maybe maybe we'll have to call apple and see if they can make that happen but yeah man let you let's give these guys some money talk what what do you have on the plate today what do you is there i know you said there was something that you really wanted to talk about today
1: yeah so uh you actually just posted something I mean, I already knew about it because you told me you were going, but you posted something on your Instagram not too long ago of a podcast you were recently on, and I listened to it and I loved it. Uh, I also, like I said, I've also talked to you about some background before the podcast came out, but it was cool to kind of hear like the different stories that came out because it wasn't just you on the podcast. There's a lot of people that went on there. So you were at a uh, what do you call that like is it a convention or what is that you know, it's- i think i call i, I
0: well we call it camp fi or that's what the owner calls it camp fi i think it's more of like a, just a retreat i think it more of a retreat
1: retreat sounds like a good word yeah. like
0: when i think of like work retreats and stuff what is it you get a bunch of people together that probably wouldn't get together if somebody didn't organize it and tell them to go somewhere and you get together and you 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 find out things about one another that you probably wouldn't have known otherwise and that's exactly what campfire was
1: so you went Mm -hmm. sounded like from what you told me you loved it Mm. so i kind of want to get just a quick little what it was like what you learned and grabbed from it is it something you would even recommend because here in average money we talk about everything but it's all stemmed from i would feel like finance and finance like money and financial independence because the grand scheme of things, like if you're listening to this podcast, your end goal is probably to be set up with money. I, 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 I feel like it's safe to assume that. Yeah, I, would say so. I mean, that's my ultimate goal with money is to be able to take care of my family and know that when I'm gone, that they're going to be taken care of, and you know that no, I don't have to worry about work and doing all this stuff and the stress of life. And like obviously, there's still stresses, but with financial independence and knowing that your money is working for you. And you can live your lifestyle without ever having to work again. Is dude is not many people get to experience something like that. So tell me a little bit. So, you know what was it like? Would you recommend it? And what did you kind of gain from that? And I will. I'll start with this. It definitely, if one
0: thing, rejuvenated my focus on fire. Not even the retire early. Fi financial independence. And when you hear the fire movement, financial independent, retire early, right? it definitely i used to be a huge fi fanboy and you know during my days people that have been around my channel for a while you know that i i'm i'm friends with scott rickins we've had him on the podcast before he had a documentary playing with fire and in those days it was awesome but unfortunately it is a small it's a very loyal but small community so when we used to talk about it on YouTube and stuff. We kind of got to the point where we'd reached all the fire people and then our channels kind of stopped growing. And that's when I started to get into other shenanigans and personal finance. And I had almost not lost touch, but I forgot how important that goal was to me. And I forgot how awesome... The people inside that community were. And if there's one thing it did was just like restart. And it's been well over a month. I went on. Uh, the eighth, I was there the eighth, ninth, and tenth. I went to Campfire Rocky Mountains and there was two of them. So it was in Colorado Springs, back-to-back weekends. I went to the second weekend. He hosts about 10 a year, I want to say, and he keeps expanding. They're all over the place. Guys, not sponsored. Steven does not know we're talking about this. I'll probably let him know, but you know, we don't have anything to sell you. We don't have discount codes, referral links. This is Totally, my unbiased opinion, but yeah, I was on the Go Bucket Yourself podcast. I got to speak with four, uh, three other people: Money Honey, Rachel, Dan Sheeks, and then uh, the the Go Bucket Yourself podcast. And it was just my it, it was crazy because first we have our expectations, right? When I first, I always wanted to go. I had known about them back from when I was really fired up about Fire. And one thing led to another kids logistics and COVID and things like that. It just never happened. And I got in touch with a, a friend of mine, Carl, and he was like, um, hey, you're going to, you know, camp is coming to Colorado and I'm like, dude, it's 4th of July weekend. You know, like I, I can't make that happen. He's like, I think Steven is going to have open a second one. Steven being the owner. And I'm like, Oh, if he does Steven. that, I'm it. St- Steven? Steven.
1: Every hey, time Kevin. I hear that name, I got to say
0: <laughs> cable guy reference guys <laughs> for all you, uh, for all you millennials out there, the cable guy was a funny movie. Uh, I guess probably probably we watching it now. It wouldn't be that funny, but he was like, le- he's like, I think Steven's going to open another one. I'm like, if he does another one, I'm coming. Like no questions asked. My kids are of toddler age where they don't need a hundred percent maintenance. I do not have work. My wife does not have work. I, I will be coming. And uh, yeah, Steven got back to me. Like uh, I guess Carl touched out, reached out to him. And was like, Hey, I got a guy that needs to speak there. And that person was me. And I was like, Holy cow. And no expectations really. But it's kind of nice on their website. They don't give you really a lot of details. It's kind of just like, here's what's going to happen. Can I, I
1: want to say something real quick. Yeah. How cool is it, dude? Go back to Brad, even, even four years ago, you know, when you were starting this like personal finance journey here on YouTube. And like, one, look where you're at now. But two, when you are the, self-proclaimed fanboy of the FI community and stuff like that. And now dude, you're you I help promote it. You're you're and you're speaking at you're a guest speaker at Camp Fi. That's so
0: sick. <laughs> it is um it's not yeah, like you mentioned, it's kind of like you go from it's like when the rock band calls you up on stage and tells you you get to sing a song with them. Yeah, no, it's definitely there's one thing to be a member of it, there's another but I I here's one thing I learned at Camp Fi. You can be a public face of Camp Fi. That's fine. But the amount of people that are doing Fi things that do not have a platform is uneffing believe. And I did not know it because everyone I ever interacted with was people I knew through YouTube blogs, authors, things like that, right? You, you go to FinCon, you go to these things. So it was al- it was always around content creation people. And when we got to Camp Fi, it's about 50 people. Like I said, they don't really give you that many details, Like, I don't even think they announced us as speakers until like a week before, which is kind of cool because you can't really cherry pick people. But I think the, also the great thing is if you go on and you look at the speakers, I really don't know any of them. And that's, we we talked about this about FinCon, how many people are in this space that we don't know about when you think, you know, everybody in this freaking space. It's like, I don't know. Like I'm looking at these speakers and I'm like, I don't know who these people are but then you start reading up on them and i immediately got imposter syndrome i immediately got imposter syndrome on the level of the other speakers as far as their success but i'm not saying that like i got imposter syndrome where i felt like i didn't i didn't belong but definitely like what do I have to offer? I know that I had value to bring, but I had to find out what value that was going to be. Cause you know, dude, I can tell a story about anything. You know, I, at 40 years old, I have lived sometimes the double the life of some people, you know? So I just had to figure that out. And that was the scariest part for me and me with my terrible anxiety. I get there and I realize that like, I'm the last speaker of the week. Ooh yeah, excessive that's the worst. So you get there on Friday night, you check in, and it's like uh, the place we were at was like a Christian retreat center, and they bunk you up. And he's like, "You have any roommate preferences?" I was like, "Nope, just throw me in with somebody. I'm going to learn something from." You know, and I got a, Kobe was great. Kobe, if you listen to the podcast, it was great. He, best roommate you could possibly have. The dude slept like a rock, didn't snore, and was out of the room by four in the morning because he was an early riser. It was fantastic. He was more of a wine drinker than a beer drinker, but we had some sauce. I'll get to that in a second. But So it's like bunk style like that and um, different lodging options, so different prices for different lodging options. And Cafeteria style, everyone goes and eats together, but you check in in the afternoon, Friday, everyone comes in and then some icebreakers, things like that, like cliche things that are funny, like at learning people's names, everyone gets a name tag. And then Saturday you wake up and there's literally nothing on the schedule. He gave us a schedule on Friday. You look at it, Saturday's like breakfast at eight, eight to nine. First speaker is at 11 to 12. Then you get lunch. Then the second speaker is one to two and that's it. That's the only thing on the freaking schedule. I was like, I thought he was going to have like an hour by hour itinerary. Like when you go to a conference, right? And there's something every single hour. And I'm, I'm talking to, I knew some people that were going, like I said, Carl and other bunch of people from Longmont. mountain. What's up long monsters. Um, and I'm like, guys, what, what the fuck are we going to do here? And they're like, just wait, man. They're like, you think it's free time, but it goes by so fast. And we ended up staying up well past midnight on that first Friday. Like people bring coolers of beer, everyone brings like a bunch of snacks. Like there was there was a like a room just with coolers and, and every like trail mixes and everything, bottles of wine. I was like, what did I get myself
1: into? This is ridiculous. Trail mix? That sounds like a
0: Colorado thing. Oh, God. Everyone's ready for a hike. <laughs> everyone. It's like, I think I've seen like a meme or something where it's like in Colorado, everyone's just always ready for a spontaneous hike. Like you'll be in the grocery store and it's like, attention shoppers. We are going to take a 30-minute hike. Everyone out of the building. And everyone just started like, I feel like that's what it's like. We were up late. We were up late on Friday, just shooting the shit. It was unbelievable. And I immediately realized that my role as speaker was bridging the gap between these super, super financial like guru people and real estate. These people, their success is unbelievable, unmatched. And my goal, I'm like that kind of that middleman. And I'm always that goofy guy. I'm always like having a good time, smiling a lot. Like I'm 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 that guy. But I knew immediately that my talk was gonna be about how I used to be somebody just sitting there learning about Fi. And the only difference now, five years later, is my experience. That's it. I have no formal education. It's just the people that I've talked to along the way and made these huge relationships inside fire. And, you know, just continuing to continue to learn. And on that first night, you know, you talk to a couple of people. So then you wake up eight, you go to breakfast and you're sitting there and everyone's like, all right, uh, we're going to go do this. I'm going to get a workout in. I'm going to do some cardio. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and you're just like oh wow people are going right, to yeah like i'll go on, i'll go hike i'll go for a run i'll i'll do all these things and then you get back from a 30 40 minute workout and it's 10 and then you're just kind of like sitting around the weather was perfect and then boom it was 11 and then we had a speaker and it, oh my god and then it just the time went so fast so the speed of it was just unbelievable for like the little Quote structure that it had, and you just found out and realized over time that it, it there was nothing. It had nothing to do with itinerary. It had nothing to do with like them entertaining you. He all he did, Stephen. I mean, when I say he was put a bunch of people together and knew that by nature they were going to learn from one another. And not only did I learn about phi, but I learned about what people are doing with it. I learned about different culture and how people handle it, whether some people like to use fire to travel. Some people like it to take chances with small business. Some people like to do it to take care of their grandkids or things like that. Like the wide variety of things that people are doing with FI. And it, I I definitely, I definitely made like, I think two to three. I mean, I made a bunch of friends, But I've, I made a bunch of friends, like lifelong friends, friends that I still like two months later now I'm texting on a regular basis, you know, and that's the type of, I mean, we joke all the time about how you and I are internet best friends and, and my wife has finally realized it and and understood it now and shit, our kids are about to meet and, you know. One day, you know, my son's going to hook up with your daughter and it's hey, going to be. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey.
1: I'll knock Brody on his ass. <laughs> it's going to be great,
0: <laughs> you know? And, and I I probably would have fought some of those, like, lifelong relationships thinking that it was weird to make internet light. But I went into it knowing, like, yeah, like, I, my best friend is from the internet, dude. And if if we have a connection or we have things in common or we just had a couple of laughs. I know it sounds like I'm like, was like trying to like meet a mate, but yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I, I made some friends and I, I want to say just like with courses and things like that, I want to say that I probably never would have, like I fully intended on paying for it and going and having that experience mostly what would have like really led me to do it was cause I knew people were going like, I'm not adventurous. Like I would have never went on my own. Like I, the only reason I went to Colorado is cause I knew people in Colorado that were going to go. Like would I just randomly sign up and go to the one in Virginia or Texas or Florida? That's generally not in my comfort zone, but I, uh, and like I, I, I just, I want to justify the cost of things for people and I think one of the first things I said to you, and I even said this on this podcast, uh, the go bucket yourself, I, I would pay for it again. I, I'll go and
1: I'll pay for it. You know, I want like, I want to go.
0: Yeah, could we need to go. And, you know, I will shout out that podcast. Essentially the one that you're talking about, and I can link it in the description or something like that, was at the end, um, the one of the speakers, go bucket yourself, he had and his wife had me and Dan Sheeks, which was another speaker. We sat down and we had campers come up and talk about their experience. We did it right at the end of the weekend. And you'd think that these would be generic or the takeaways. You'd think they'd be cliche. You'd think that they'd all be the same. There's times I wish there was video of this podcast where I'm sitting there shaking my head like, Oh my God. Yes. I didn't even realize like that was a major takeaway for me as well. And it was kind of crappy because the the only downside was this was one of the ones I was falling towards the end of the season. So I think there's only like one or two more left on their schedule. And I'm like, man, if I would have done this earlier, I probably would have been a three or four of them in the 2022 year. Uh, But now I have something to look forward to. And I, I just want people to know that you should definitely look it up. And especially if you're into fire and you're, more into like finding like-minded people. There's one thing, like when you have like YouTube people that you follow, like, I know there's people that really admire you and I. And, uh, likewise we admire, you know, we've, I formed relationships with people that were just my followers and subscribers. And, you know, Aaron Azevedo came and stayed with me for the weekend with Jeff, you know, like those were people that were just subscribers and followers, but it's another thing when you get to like hang out and you get to it's quiet and there's only a group of three or four of you and you've cracked whatever you're drinking and you're, there's something to be said for that. And I think if you're missing that in life or if you feel like that, and there was people that draw drag their like wives and spouses and even kids, there was 16 year old kids there, 18 year old kids there. And uh, I was, I really was blown away. I'm not, like I said, not sponsored uh, when I go back when when we talk about this again, I will have paid for it. I think it's like four hundred and fifty bucks maybe. Yeah, um, I looked
1: it up just yesterday.
0: If you're a creator, that's a write-off. Yeah. You know, if you're thinking about starting a business, it's a write-off. Um, yeah, I can't wait to go back, man.
1: Well, it's funny you said that at the end about like being around people because I literally before I, I feel like you do this all the time. I was I was writing on my little notepad. I said the power of being around people more successful than you, but also in similar beliefs. And kind of what I wanted to touch on that first was I feel like for me, this is a place where you can be around people who are into the same thing you are. Because and for some reason in today's society, and to, wait, not even today's society, and you know, in life in general, money has always been a taboo to- topic. It's not something that a lot of people talk about around the kitchen table. It's not something that's deemed to be fun to discuss what you're doing to become more successful because I don't really know why. I don't know if it's looked at by some people as too egotistical to talk about that, or maybe people are afraid to talk about it because they really don't know what to do next to Get to that next level. I don't know, but being around people who do love that and have that passion for finance, for bettering bettering themselves financially, it's such a different feeling that I've never experienced. Now, I've never been to Camp Five, but I kind of get the same feeling when I'm at FinCon. You know, when you, and that's more like creator focus, but when you get a group of people that are kind of doing the same thing you are and and, and so passionate about bettering themselves and their families' lives financially, but also just getting around people who are generally doing a lot better than you are dude motivates the hell out of you man because you're like like and 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 nothing against these people but this is kind of how i think i i say my i say to myself all the time i'm like dude if these people are doing this you know why can't i i mean they're no different than i am they put their shorts on just like i do you know what I mean? So it's it's cool to get around people who are always doing better than you because if you're the best one in the room, you're in the wrong room. It, and people always say that, but it's so true, dude. And it's judgment free. Oh, it's so true.
0: Now I'm not going to say there's not people in the FI community that aren't like assholes, you know, but judgment free, man. Like people we talk about all the time, if somebody's doing better than you, they're not generally not going to criticize you. They're oh cuz They love to teach like they got there by learning from somebody and they love to pay it forward. That's really what it was. And also too, when you're in those types of settings, you also get to see and allow people to be vulnerable, right? We're, we're stuck in this creator mindset where, you know, we look at Instagram, myself included, and we only see people's highlight reels, right? Right. When we were sitting down, you know, people talked about some of the shit that they were going through and that was another huge thing or like the the hard days of fire, the sacrifices that they made, the friends they lost that, th- you know, th- these things that we don't see on nobody gets on Instagram like, Hey, I'm fire. You know, I'm living financially free. It only cost me three friends, a brother, a dog and two houses, you know, like nobody ever says that, you know, and it was, uh. That was all because, too, like I have things that I'm insecure and vulnerable about that I don't necessarily bring to the forefront of the internet. And it was nice to know that I could be myself there and I could let my guard down and I could take off the. You know, like, what's up guys, another video, you know, like I could take that mask off for a little bit, not to say we're being fake, but you know what I'm saying? We, we have to present ourselves in a a way, yeah, we have to present ourselves in a way, which I love this podcast because we never have to do that shit here, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, know, that was also another nice thing. And I got to meet creators that were there that I look up to and that I thought were living the ideal, perfect life. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is, they literally are the perfect person. And then they're like, oh yeah, this, that, and the other thing. And oh, then there was this. And oh man, right now I'm, I'm really forcing the smile because I'm dealing with this. And you're like, whoa, I understand why you didn't put that on the internet. But I almost admire you now knowing that you you don't have this easy, smooth asphalt path that you you know you're getting your lumps just like everybody else and that's one thing we don't understand when we when we see people on the internet on facebook on, on tiktok like you never get to see anybody get punched in the face you know, you never get to see that. And that was another great thing about Camp Fi. You learned about people like, you know, that, d- that had broken relationships or didn't get along with family members or had to sell their favorite car because they knew they needed to get out of debt or, you know, or it just missed things because missed vacations. And, you know, it, it was just great. It was great. I, every I, Dude, everything. Like I, I could go on and on and on about like even the people that took Fi slow. And the people that were like, hey, man, don't keep the blinders on. Like, you got to live life a little bit. It's okay to spend. It's okay to have setbacks. Like, it took me 13 years to get to FI. Like, right? Isn't retirement age now like 62? If you retire at 61, you are an early retiree. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in the 20s like everybody makes it sound like. Like, I'm 40. And, you know, and I'm still trying to, like, decide if I want to quit my W-2 or not. And, yeah, dude, it was it was a good time. We're, we're going to go back. And it's... I got to say this, and I don't think I've said this to you before. I don't know if we should necessarily go together. I mean, I feel like you are such a strong personality. I feel like I'd almost like, I'd I'd like hold you back. Like like you are much better in those situations than I am. And like, I don't want to like, I don't know if we went, I would definitely at least want to be like, yo, like go, please don't let me. To, like, forget that I'm here, you know? Like, cause we have our good times too. And I would be too afraid. Cause I think we did this a little at FinCon where like we stick together in such a small group that we all know that we yeah. don't really get to like, let the, let the blinders out. And the and I'm saying this because the people at Longmont did that to me. Like they were like, Brad, not to be a dick, but like, go sit at that table. Yeah. Like stop sitting with me at every meal. Like, I know you're shy. I know you're introverted, but I dare you at the next meal sit down, either be the first to sit at the table and let people come to you or sit down with the the person that, you know, you feel like you'll be the most uncomfortable around. And that was something that they definitely preached that first Friday night. Like every meal, sit at a different table and you're thinking to yourself, 50 people, there's no way that I'm going to know 50 people's names as a teacher. I don't even know kids names till like December. (laughs) And By Sunday night, I knew everyone's names. I knew their kids' names. I knew their dogs' names. You know, I knew where they lived. You know, it, uh, and like I said, I, we could go on about this for hours. But, yes, I had a great – it was probably one of the highlights of my summer. It that's really good. Was. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about that too, man, just because, like, you know, FI is something that's so incredibly important to me. But you made a good point about, like, with financial independence, how people take it with different strides, different – Ways to get there, and my ways have changed dramatically since I started and found five, six, seven years ago. Um, I'm still, I'm still not technically financially independent. Um, I mean, I probably have enough coming in from investments now to where it would cover like my basic needs and stuff, but I'm not where I'm like living my lifestyle. Like, I want to be like, what do they call that? Coast five. I don't. I'd have to go back and look up which one it is. But like, I want to know like I'm at the point where. I can keep like going out to eat and traveling as much as I can on top of paying for all of my other bills. And then I'm like officially fi, I guess. I don't know, but that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making here is it is cool how each person has their own path to get there. If you would talk to JJ six years ago, I was probably the dude who was, you know, pinching every penny on top of also trying to earn extra income, very strict budget, you know, I was living a deep, good life, but just not like extravagant, not spending money every week and stuff like that. But that was also because I was in a scenario in life where I wasn't the most happy with my job, you know, so my, my job that I was working at was not where I wanted to be it wasn't when I was, I didn't see myself doing that the rest of my life. So like five was the first thing that kind of popped in front of me. I was like, okay, I got to do this. Thank God it did. But now my path has switched up a little bit. Dude, now I love what I do. I love it. I wouldn't be doing anything else. I love YouTube, even though it has its days lately. I love, you know, the podcast. I love just like working on the internet whenever I want. I, you know, the, the software started, like all this stuff that I've just kind of happened over the years is now FI is still my end goal, but it's not something I'm so like just die hard to get to, you know, like I'm, I'm still working towards it, you know, very, uh, you know, as quickly as I can, I guess intently, intently, like yeah. I, I want to buy the rental properties. I'm still investing in dividends because I know that's the end goal, but the fact that I was doing it before to get out of something now I'm doing it just to have that security there. So that is what was so big for me is, I guess, and Phi helped me get there, dude. Like Phi helped me find that. Doing the side hustle, turning it into a business, starting a software and like kind of upping these things. And I also think that stems from finding people out there that I had no idea was even doing these types of things in, in, in the real world. Like I thought it was foreign to me that people were like starting companies and doing these things. And then the more I get to talk to people like that, like I said earlier, like getting, and you said, getting around people more successful than you, that motivates you and like, holy shit, I can actually do something like this. Like I don't have to stay at my nine to five job and whatever. And so it was kind of a, a, a tangent there, but it was, it was, I'm glad you made that point though, because it's so important to understand like what your goals are and how it can change as you grow in life and you also grow your knowledge in this like kind of financial space so dude i love financial independence i love hearing people's journeys we even did like a month dedicated to fi like was it last may or something like that yeah so if you want to listen to i think, it was, to those I think episodes, it was two
0: i think it was two May's ago holy shit yeah i think it was it was may 2021
1: wow that's crazy well yeah you're right it was may 2021 so if you guys want to listen to those five episodes we interviewed like people who were already financially independent or were like on their path to find, Maybe we'll have to do that again this year. And yeah, that, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, dude, I mean, it's just something that I enjoy talking about. There's also some things in the future that I want to admit, that I want to discuss. Like I said, coast fire saying that right there popped in my head. I'm like, I would think that'd be good to discuss. Cause like, dude, I forget the difference. Cause I haven't been like, so diehard in the space as of recent. I would like, I think it'd be cool to go through like each level of fire, like, like, what is there like a barista fire or something like that? Coast fire, lean fire, fire, fat fire. Like there's just so many, it'd be cool to discuss each one because every person I feel like has a different spot in that community. And it's also do like financially, like so much more benefit comes out of just being financially independent. I feel like you learn more about yourself. A lot more opportunities come to you when you're working towards that. You have more of an opportunity to take larger risk. So it's something that I think is very important. I wish more people were in the community because, as you said earlier, it is kind of a smaller community. But I feel like it's also just with the amount of blogs and and content that's out there, I still feel like there's so many people that have been unreached that would find out about this and be like, holy shit, my life has been changed forever.
0: You find out there's a very big difference between like the blogger side and the author side. And then the YouTube side, <laughs> yeah, so guess, like, maybe, uh, maybe we'll bring some of the, uh, maybe not just even the speakers that I met at camp Fi, you know, that have incredible like success stories, but maybe uh, we'll reach out and we'll get some of them on the podcast. You know, that, that could be really awesome. That'd be great. All right, man. You got any uh, thing you want to add to this episode? A little quick one, but I, I got to be honest with you, man. I got, I do not feel good.
1: Oh, that sucks. See, it's probably what have been creeping on you this whole episode, just getting worse and worse.
0: Oh, dude. I mean, I dragged myself out of bed and had
1: oh. a, a couple
0: of Nespresso's. And, you know, I'm running on two hours of sleep, three cups of coffee, and a bunch of hell yeah, man. You know, like oh,
1: that's the worst. We'll get better before you come out here. Um, oh yeah
0: no I'm gonna I'll make sure I go get tested and everything uh,
1: before good I go. <laughs> no dude it's uh, I mean I could go on a long rant right now just about like phi in general um, and like how, it's, how it really has changed my life but like I wasn't gonna bring this up but like I found out last night my grandpa passed away and dude like that's been it wasn't sudden like it's we knew it was gonna happen for a while uh, unfortunately he had pancreatic cancer and just you know it was it was rough Um, my dad's been there with him, you know, to kind of like send him off for the past couple weeks. He's been back and forth for months with my grandma and helping them set up stuff. And, uh, my grandpa was a pretty successful guy. Um, you know, like in general terms. And I, I say that because one, it motivates me to be able to like, when I leave this earth to have my family, like not have like death sucks, as we all know, you know, everyone who's been through and lost a love when it sucks. But whenever you get to a point where you worry about the burden of losing someone, but you don't have to worry about the finances that come with it, dude, that's a whole nother power in itself. And I just want to say this, like, not only that aspect, but also with what comes with fine having that freedom. It's just so nice. Like, when you get to that point, because dealing with this with my grandpa, it's really like, I've always had like a conscious mindset of like, I know death's coming. I try not to look at it too much, but it always pops in my head. It's something I think about a lot, to be honest, but I also think I use it as motivation because you never know when your last day is going to be here. You never know when you're not going to wake up in the morning. And it's pretty crazy that every every night when we go to bed, we just automatically assume we're going to wake up, but that night could be your last night and you never know. So to end this podcast, I just want to say this, guys, if you're out there and you're struggling or you're not happy or you're doing something that's just not the best for you think about it like is that really what you want to do when you were 12 years old and you had all these dreams and aspirations to be a firefighter or you know to go climb mount everest or whatever it is like what's fucking stopping you like seriously think about it what is fucking stopping you from not doing it nothing yourself fear yeah fear like just you know the risk of taking it and like i say this a lot guys take risk in life work towards, you know, financial independence, but also take a risk and do things that you want to do. And, you know, I'll kind of wrap it up there, but dude, it's just seeing, seeing my grandpa go and and that just reinstates what I just said. Like, I want to try to live the best life possible. I want to spend as much time with my family as I can because that's what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. And I want to do things with them and make memories so that when I know my time does come, I lived a long, happy life and there's no regrets that I had, you know, when it's, my time to go.
0: Amen, brother. And, uh, sorry about your family and, uh, hope, uh, hope you guys find peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're good. We're all right. All right, good. All right, guys. Sorry to end in a somber note, but an important note guys, you know, like definitely, uh, don't take things for granted. And hopefully, you know, my dream is to be able to make a good run and, you know, live as long as your grandpa and get to see all the things that you got to see too. So God bless him, you know, amen, brother. All right, guys. This this wraps up. Uh, I think episode one ten. Episode one ten. Next time you hear from JJ and I, it'll be a live recording because I'm coming up to Maine. Appreciate it, guys. If you do want to support the podcast, please head over to Patreon. Uh, you can look up Average Money there. There's a link down in the description below for a cup of coffee a month. You can help support the podcast as well as join the Discord community, chatting it up in there. Uh, you know that that. It means a lot to us and it really does take a little bit of the burden off. You know, we would do this for free, but if we could uh, break even, that's awesome too. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.